You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 103, sponsored by Jim Haley's Universe and Netflix. Fanboy Pick the Week podcast, episode number 103. My name is Ron, and I'm here with Josh. Hello. And Connor. Hello. And uh, we're, we're <laughs> calling in from MyFanboy.com, where we like comics, and we read comics, and every week we uh, read a whole stack of comics that come out, and one of us picks the best one uh, that we feel is the best one, and writes a review of it on the website, and the website being iFanboy.com. Um, and then we come here, and we talk about it, as well as the other books, and argue most of the time. Um, no, actually, we don't argue that much. We kind of get along, generally. No. There's a lot of <laughs> simmering resentment. Though. Well, you're both wrong. Right. But in different <laughs> Screw ways. Screw you. Um, so I just want to warn any listeners out there that we're going to talk about the comics and actually what happened in the comics. So if you haven't read your comics this week, I would put your comics away and then pick your comics up and then pick the podcast up after you've read your comics. So that your um, instructions are all messed up. Yeah, they really are. You, you put the comics s- down. No, no, put no, the no. podcast down. Oh, there you go. Read <laughs> the comics. Come back to the podcast. There You've we got go. Really full hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, this week, Connor had the pick. So, um, Connor, what did you choose? Captain America number thirty-one by Ed Brubaker, Steve Epstein, and co- company. Uh, we mentioned last week or week before the last oh, time. It was the hundredth episode. A hundredth episode. How it's tough. Books like Captain America are always really, really good. So it's it's got to be a really special issue. Uh, to make them pick of the week or a really sort of uh, average week, whichever comes first. Um, <laughs> but this this issue of Captain America, I really really enjoyed. And I, I, there's a lot of, um, I think it has mainly to do with it, with those. There's a brief World War II flashback that isn't really a flashback, but just those mm-hmm. pages were just fantastic, and it made me really want a World War II Captain America book. Well, I, I called out to you because you were in the other room, and I was like, "Did you see the thing?" I was so excited. I was like, "Had you had you looked at it yet?" Because we both like knew exactly when I said the thing, we both knew what we were talking. What I was talking what about. What were you talking about? Yeah, well, in the in the issue um, when uh, the World War II flashback, when you sort of turn the page and and you realize that he's not looking at reality, and, and Cap is gunning down Nazis. Oh, okay, the, the the devilish grin, Cap. Yeah. He's, gunning, he's not gunning down Nazis, he's gunning down U.S. troops. Oh, that's yeah, right. And he guns down Bucky. Heil, he's saying Heil Hitler, make way right. for the master race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he is blonde. Yeah, true. Um, and for, for, so first of all, within the first four pages, I'm really already really like craving a World War II era book, which is, is some, somewhat, you would think with all the, 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 the publicity around Captain America and the, and the popularity, that might be something they'd think of doing. You know, especially for, for people who want Steve Rogers. Well you, mean, well, you mean a Captain America book that wasn't created in the 40s, one that's created... Right, with now, one that comes out now. Now, about that time period. Right, yeah. more realistic war retelling, yeah. you know, not, not punching Hitler in the face, but, you know, actually... Garth should write that. He would actually, I think, do a good job with that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't so that kidding. was the first four pages. I already really liked it for that reason, even though it wasn't really a flashback. It was, it was the main story is that the Winter Soldier in the last issue was... Um, Sort of shut off by the Red Skull. He, he, the soldier was at one point a Russian agent, and the Red Skull is inhabiting a Russian general's body, and he used a code word to, sh- to mentally disable the, re- the Winter Soldier. And now we've reached the psychological torture uh, part of the story, which I always enjoy the psychological torture. And I don't know what that says about me, but I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to uh, uh, really go into that. If you've ever had a conversation <laughs> with him, you would know, because yeah. every moment <laughs> is like. Save, save it for your therapist. Yeah, so this, I mean, this, this issue basically pretty much takes place entirely um, with Dr. Faustus and the Winter Soldier, except for the brief subplot where Tony Stark and the Falcon and Black Widow finally figure out that something fishy is going on here. Uh, Sharon Carter shot Cap, but all these other S.H.I.E.L.D. shield agents are gone rogue, and wait, maybe we've got a big problem. Can I just take a moment and, and, and admit that I'm, you know, as the resident Marvel zombie, I'm not that schooled in the Captain America kind of uh, mythos and history yeah. and continuity. Um, so I never really knew. I've never heard. I don't know if this Dr. Faustus is a new character or was, a, no. was has existed for a while. I, I think he's been around. But I just got to say, long beard, curly mustache, monocle, this guy rules. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Oh, he's it's awesome. like the anti-Dr. Mindbender. 
Yeah, yes, yeah, he really is. He's like Dr. Mindbender, bizarro Dr. Mindbender. You know what he is? He's like Lionel Luther is to Lex Luther is yep. Dr. Faustus is to Dr. Mindbender. Yeah, okay, gotcha. I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, um, I was left behind long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but doc, so, so in order to break, to break Winter Soldier, Dr. Faustus feeds him these fake memories of Cap shooting U.S. troops and being a traitor for the Nazis, and he also plays upon the idea that Bucky was feeling inadequate because he was the only member of the invaders who didn't have superpowers and what good was he to anybody. And he's got, Bucky's got, you know, you issues, know, acceptance issues with, with Cap and the rest of the people. And then it, it just, it just sort of digs a knife under the armor and twists it. And eventually, um, as the issue ends, it appears that they have, they have successfully broken winter soldier down into the returning into the Russian agent. And he may or may not have shot Sharon Carter at the end, but he probably didn't. Yeah, as you said, do you believe that? No. No. Okay. So you think but, that's but I, I'm able to go with it within the story. Like, oh my God, okay. what did he do? Even though I don't think he actually did it. Yeah, you know, I think just... the, But, you know, there is a possibility that he did do it. Absolutely. In and this the book. The thing about Brubaker is he, you, you can't really assume anything. Anything goes. Yeah, there's enough doubt in this one that... that you, like, I'm like... I, and I knew that was going to be the end. I was like, you're going to flee or not. I'm not going to know if he shoots or not. I mean, you knew he shoots, but you don't know who. It could have been a blank... She's yeah. contestant, but she could shoot her in the shoulder. I mean, well, it's possible. Faustus. Okay, well, that's the obvious. That's the, obvious, the most yeah. obvious thing. Yeah. But I really enjoyed, like, this is sort of the, um, you know, the classic Star Trek Next Generation episode where they, the, the, the Cardassians trying to break Picard. Yep. And that's, like, one of the best ones ever. I really enjoyed the sort of back and forth between the bad guy and the, and the trust-up hero and trying to, you know, find his weaknesses and exploit them. And the hero tries hard to fight back, but eventually gets broken. It was, yeah. it was, you know, even that was really great. But even just a few pages of uh, Falcon and, and Tony, like that was a really nice, in a very economic amount of time too. I think that was one of the things I really liked about this issue. Yeah, and well, Ron, you were going to say something. Well, no, I was just, I was going to say that I, I, I did indeed like the issue, but I, I didn't necessarily agree with it as the pick. But we'll get into that later. Okay. But um, I thought it was really well done, except for the one page that bothered me was the page right before um, Bucky or Winter Soldier broke. And it's the it's faces. it's a, the faces page just kind of threw me off big time. Um, I don't know what what it was about it, you know, but something about that one page just felt like it did it's it didn't it stuck out from the rest of the issue. Well, I thought it was you know it's basically going into his mind and it's, it's, it's yeah no which I understood I understood I understood what it meant but I just thought artistically it was a you know it was just it was weird like the purple blue green yellow yellow red oh, you red know you know what, what I mean. That makes me think of classic Marvel comics from the 70s. Yeah, it kind of looks like the Hulk when they do the Hulk change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that to me, like, I was like, that is that is love for for old Flash and Marvel comics. That's yeah, what that yeah. page feels like to me. Like, you know, like a like a like a Doctor Strange story or something. You know, just yeah. But but it, but it it stuck out from this issue. That's all. Well. And then one one final reason why I really enjoyed this is because I've been on a kind of a cap uh, role lately. I got the Omnibus recently, and I've been reading through that, and I just. Literally the day before this book came out, I, I had reread the Winter Soldier Winter Kills one shot, which is all about Winter Soldier and and that. I mean, I'm on like a I'm on like a Bucky high right now. <laughs> you love Bucky, I don't you Bucky. date him? I love I Sam. Sam Wilson. Falcon. I want Sam to have like I I don't know he doesn't need a series, but either a mini series or if they can make an Avenger or something. I would well, like to see a, more. He's a classic Avenger. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, and and for he was you know Cap's partner, and it was Captain America and Falcon. You know, yeah. So, well, yeah. it's time it's time to to bring him up to the fore again. Problem well, is, you the can get those issues though, or you can get get those essentials or something like that. But it won't be the same, will it? New stories. Yeah. Okay. He was he's, the he's he's aged. Yep. He's, he's he's got uh, he's, a yeah. He's a little bit world weary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought this was just a lot of fun. The the cover is fantastic. Cover was good. This Steve Epting guy. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's really pretty... grown a lot. I wrote about this in my pick of the week that when he first came on, I was in junior high school and I hated it. Um, and I and it's a little bit of him having grown, it's a little bit of me my taste having grown, but I went back and looked online on some of the art from back then just to make sure I wasn't just You you weren't it's like well, that's like that's like when and not, not liking it. No, he was not. He was not as good back then. Josh and I's moment at, in Charlotte at Heroes Con was I was going through the back issue bins and I found an old Avengers issue that Epting drew in like '94 or '95, yeah. and awful. we're just like, "That's the same guy? Like, what the hell?" I mean, it yeah. was it was it was really awful. Yeah, no, I remember <laughs> that. I I used to rate my comics by you know I, I had a database and I did I did I gave each comic an art rating and I used to give it a poor. <laughs> it was the worst yeah. you could get. 
<laughs> Why was a four the worst? No, a poor, a poor. Oh, a four. They said four. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my rating system is from four to twelve. Probably maybe <laughs> one is the best and four is the worst. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because it doesn't exist. I don't know why I'm talking about it. Yeah, that, that <laughs> it was it was a mis- misheard word. But Captain America, especially if you've been if you read, I mean, as I have been reading the the whole, I feel like this is like the best overall arc going on in comics right now. You know, like it's 31 parts. It's all very if you so go back far. To the, if you go right up to this point, it's all very well put together. If you read the old issues, it's all, it's all laid out there. You know, this is this is like an epic tale right now. Mm-hmm. And it's unfolding just beautifully, I think. Yeah. Um, the only other p- possible pick of the week for me, which was very, very, very close to being pick of the week, was Suburban Glamour number one from Jimmy. Yeah, you blew it. You missed the boat. This was by far and away the best comic book that came out this week. And admittedly, I know I'm biased because I really like Jamie McKelvey's work, but I, this was a long time coming. Yeah. And you know it was it was supposed to come out in September, and then it was delayed, and then there was a printing issue, and so it got delayed until this week. And it just was talk about like something being worth the wait. Yes, it, it was so it was so gratifying to finally have in my hands and be able to read it. And well, I, just, you didn't I know loved what it, it was going to be. Well, no, I I knew what it was going to be. I mean, from talking to Jamie in San Diego, I had an idea. You know, it's you know kids in suburbia, and then of course the the thing that made me worry about it was that there was some mystical kind of aspect to it. I'm still kind of worried about that, not mystical, but fantasy aspect to it. Right. Um, because that, that's that's my big critique with these kind of books recently is that there's always like, well, it's a guy and a girl, and then a talking bear shows up, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, why can't you just love make- that. Yeah, you know, why can't it just be the guy and the girl talking? You know, I, hate, just... I mean, I actually hate the same thing. I was just today we were walking around the store, and I think a book that we're going to talk about later came out, and I'm like, great, it's got a mystic element. I'm like, why can't we right. just have more people talking or just scalped where it's just people? You know, I think if you take out, I mean, if you take out the pages with the talking bear and the and the little girl and the you know the, <laughs> whatever the, the the angel dog with the Martian head. Um, <laughs> The, the just the teen stuff was fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, essentially, I mean, just I mean, just to give people the background, this is a Suburban Glamour number one of four, um, uh, done by Jamie McKelvey. He he wrote and drew it. Um, the only other person that worked on it was Guy Major, who did the colors. Um, and it was published by Image Comics. And Jamie McKelvey did the art on Phonogram, and he's done some other work here and there. And you know, basically, we're introduced to this character Astrid, who's a teen girl, and she's got black hair with this cute little blonde streak, and she's got two kind of friends, and they're kind of indie kids, and they're in this boring town, which I think is in England. Yes. Yeah. Um, either that or he wrote yeah. really bad U.S. Well, well, really dialogues. Can, well, Really confused me is that is that they they're intru- she's introduced to another female character who apparently moved from New York, right? And they made it sound like they like for a moment in that scene I thought like they lived like in Westchester. No, no. no. You know, like Cafe, Cafe, <laughs> another thing is that Cafe Nero, yeah. um, where the coffee shop that's a that's a UK chain. Oh, okay, well there you go. Yeah. Oh, and then nice. also if you look at the cars, they have uh, long yellow license plates. Well, yeah, and they spelled words wrong, and they said they used the wrong words in places and stuff like wrong. that. So, I know, I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm dating you. Anyway, so um, no, but but I, I thought it was. I thought you know one of the concerns about this was that we've never seen Jamie's storytelling, his writing, and I didn't think that I personally, for me, I didn't think there was any problems with his dialogue or with his storytelling. I thought the fact that he was writing and drawing the story allowed him to tell stories in ways that might not happen when he's drawing somebody else's words. Um, we had a lot of visual scenes that, like at the party where you, you, you saw time pass over like six panels. Yep. You know, and you really got a feel for this party and what's going on there. Um, and and the, the Guy Major's colors, I thought, were a huge aspect of this. This comic doesn't look like any of the comics I read this week. No, it's, it's very br- bright. It's bright. It's vibrant. Um, early on in the in the issue, when um, Astrid something happens, and Astrid's really excited about it, and she um, um, uh, when she's talking about her birthday, and there's like this like star effect around her. Yeah, I saw that. You know. Yeah, I thought. I mean, I thought that was a nice little device. It just looks different than anything else that, that I'm reading. Well, I like um, it. It was kind of flat. They didn't make everything three dimensional. They didn't do um, what is that called? The, the Photoshop effect where you you know it's like the gradation to show yeah, depth yep. and stuff. They kept it sort of like a two dimensional, you know, with yep. a little bit of shading. I think that that was, really worked for this. Yeah, well, I, I think I, he he's got a great ear for dialogue. Yep. I, I really, mean, I, really I enjoyed the dialogue in this. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, I remember from when we we talked to them in San, and we talked to him in San Diego. He was a little. You could tell he's a little nervous about his own book, and he didn't quite know. I mean, like if he's got to relax because this is this is great. This is really good. Josh, what did you think? Because I know you 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 were you were nervous going into this. I liked it more than I thought I would. I mean, uh, I didn't love it. I, I think because, of, but I think it's just an opening chapter. So as far as I'm concerned, like a story has only really just started. I don't really know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it was much better than I kind of expected, just because I, when we, you know, when we had talked to him and I read other stuff, I've never actually heard us describe what this is because saying it's kids in suburbia doesn't tell me anything about what the story is. It tells me the setting, and that's it. Sometimes that's a plus, though. You know, you you get yeah, to oh, yeah, no, and that's it. fine. I don't think that. <clears throat> I, I mean, I think that I, I'd be able to tell you later, you know, how it works as a story as a whole. I, I want to read the next part. I'm glad I picked it up. I don't think it was the greatest thing I ever read, um, but, you know, it's promising. It, he draws real good. Everybody kind of has the same face. And David Cole seems to be in this book, too, in a different name. I think, um, I don't know, I don't agree with that, but I, I think uh, one plus to this is that it's four issues where I thought Phonogram suffered from being about two issues too long. I yeah, can, I, agree I with can that. see that. So this—that's—I yeah. mean—that that makes me hopeful because I think those in the middle of phonogram got a little long. How about this? I liked this more than I liked phonogram. The yeah, first issue, I could, easily. I, I could believe that too. Yeah, I could believe that too. And and what I think is interesting, and Josh, you're right. I mean, it's the first issue. We don't know what it's going to be like. For me going into it, I want to see like, okay, I've never seen his work in color, so how does it look in color? Loved it. Um, don't know how his writing ability or his dialogue can be or his storytelling. And as far as I can tell, it it that was good. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, so, like, it's the same way. Like, I don't know if it's going to be a good series. Mm-hmm. You know, next issue could tank, you know, but this so far, it's a great start, so. Yeah, you know. no, I mean, like, I, I just don't love it as much as you. I don't think it's necessarily, I think it just hits your whatever you like more. Yeah, I think. totally. Um, but it was good. I it, I can I can hardly recommend it as a sort of different kind of thing to try out. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, so, uh, the long then, wait's over. Yeah, the long wait's over for Mighty Avengers as well. Number five. Yeah, it's not really worth talking about, though, so let's move on. <laughs> I think um, this, this issue made me, made me happy and sad at the same time because um, I, love, I love Frank Cho's art, so I was happy to, to be able to see it. Sad that he's got to have to leave. Sad, how, that, it's, sad that it's causing the delays. Yeah, how shitty has this whole experiment been? I mean, looking at these pages, it was like, man, could you imagine if he can keep his shit together and actually bang out this book on a monthly basis or even a bi-monthly basis, you know? Mm-hmm. A oh, man, you know. Six weeks. Well, it would be great to put him on like a on like an Avengers OGN or something like that. Yeah, yeah, or something like um, Avengers Forever. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just he's just so good, and it's just yeah. It's great to be able to you know witness it, but it sucks that it it's causing this. Pro- I mean, how long has this, this five issues been? You know, it's been. I don't even. It's a year. Has it been? Or? Well, it was announced in San Diego last year. It's eight, it was six. So that was a year and a couple of months back. Yeah. I think it came out yeah. three or four months after that. I don't know. It's been. A, it feels like it's been a long time. And the problem you get with that is, I no longer really care about this story or what's happening. Or the I just want to get over. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't remember the stakes. I don't know the stakes. I don't care about the stakes. Yeah. Um, stakes. Uh, <laughs> I. You know. I basically at this point, I'm, I'm reading this for the art. Yep. You know. Well, I'll tell you something. I I kind of like Aries. No, Ares is a great character, and the characters are great, but it's just, you know, the story, I don't remember what happened last I really, time. I thought that one of the, the you know, one of the things is, uh, I have not really been big on the word, on the thought balloons, Yeah. and I thought they were better this time. He used them they way less. less. Yeah. Them, yeah. And I think he, 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 he really held back, and it wasn't just to do a bunch of gags. I thought the scenes where Ares is trying to explain to Pym, those were yeah. fantastic. And oh, then yeah. at the end, like, it, because at first it sounds like he's retarded. The thing yeah. with the other thing, can you make it small? And then at the end, like he kind of redeems himself, and he's like, "I'm the god of war." Yeah. <laughs> Hello, of course. I am the god of war. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> then, uh, you know, there was some sentry stuff in the middle. I sort of skipped past that. Ugh, and uh, such a drag. <laughs> He's dragging down books left and right. I I was reading um, online that Bendis said if you go back to uh, read the old Mighty Avengers, which won't take you long because there's only four other ones. Uh, that the thought balloons apparently there are clues to who is who is and who isn't a scroll in them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I guess they had a purpose beyond just being gaggy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's that. We'll see the next one in a couple months, and um, then four will come out at once. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bagley's done. 
Yeah. Mighty <laughs> Avengers 8 through 12 next week. <laughs> they would do that, too. <laughs> just release them all in one week. Those jerks. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually, I've, I've not really been a huge fan of the Mighty Avengers so far. I really enjoyed this issue. Well, Ares, Ares is a great addition to it. I think it would be a lot less fun if Ares wasn't on the team. Yeah, definitely. And and, and, and is Warbird dead? I don't know. Or Ms. Marvel, or whatever the hell her name is now. It's great. It's also great to see the classic Iron Man armor because I really don't like Mecha Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. But that's just me. Yeah, we'll never I, be happy. I think Ron, we've run out you, of things to say about this book. Ron, did you buy Marvel Zombies 2, number one? I did. You hate Fuck zombies. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I wrote a post a couple weeks ago about enough, enough of the zombies of Marvel. We, we, if you listen, went back on our feed and downloaded the two-hour epic podcast with Jim McCann from Marvel, um, we had some words about the zombies. Disagreements. <laughs> Disagreement. <laughs> Disagreement. Um, here's the thing. Marvel Zombies 2, issue number one, came out this week. Robert Kirkman writing, Sean Phillips drawing, limited series, one, issue one of five issues. This is Zombies Done Right. I thought this, this was a little bit of the awesome. This is this is a lo- whole lot of the awesome. That's what it I'm was saying. Like, yeah, exactly. You see, the, the the problem with the zombies isn't so much the the this the, the Marvel zombies concept. It's the taking you know doing millions of variant covers and all that kind of stuff. And and you know like I saw, wasn't there like the tick that is zombie cover. Like yeah. that's when you know when other companies are doing it. That's when you know you got to stop. But this series. Was like it opens up, it picks up where the last book left off, where the um, the the zombie Marvel heroes who were zombies left for space. Well, it's forty years they, later. Yeah, yeah and yeah. So, so it picks up forty years later, and we see you know Hank Pym and Spider Man, Luke Cage and Wolverine and Hulk and Iron Man, and now they're joined by Thanos and Fire Lord and Dark Phoenix and yeah. Gladiator. <laughs> I, genius. <laughs> I just love that the thing that I loved about reading Marvel Zombies the first time and listen it is not serious and you don't it's like yeah. it is a lot like Back to the Future don't look at it too close because it'll fall apart but that's not the point it's a I think the point is like this is just silly but go with it and like this is such an example of like the, the imagination of, of being able well, what else could happen like it just was a romp again like it, with the, remember that last special that came out that none of us not really, good yeah, none of us really. This felt more like the original did. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, this is this is great, and and so so we're forty years later. I mean, and back on Earth, Black Panther and the remaining humans who are alive are trying to rebuild society, and a kid finds Hawkeye's dead zombie head that's awesome. still alive, buried for forty years. <laughs> like it just, it's like, I like the, I like the fact that they were aged. I like the fact that that yeah. uh, there's almost a sense of complacency for the people on Earth. Yep. Because they've gone, the zombies have been gone for forty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was a nice twist to it. Uh, I like the fact that they, they pretty much ran out of people to eat in the universe. The zombies. But, but what I love, I love that. So scene. they, so they run out of people to eat in the universe. So they decide to go back to Earth to to try to rebuild the dimensional portal that Reed Richards built. That that's how we got to the zombies in the first place. Um, but I love on the way they discover Ego, the living planet. <laughs> like that one page where yeah, you just was... see them eating green stuff and you don't know what they're eating and where did they find food and then there's a pullback and it's a huge planet and you just see the, the speech bubble saying a living planet i don't know how we missed this the first time through <laughs> i love the the very the very the second page where it's just uh, the first one's just pim and he's like damn and you cut and he's like i can't believe we ate the whole thing <laughs> it's just like what do you mean everything in the universe <laughs> and they've all got Genius. replacement limbs and stuff yeah, because they have the power works. of cosmic and it's great it's too funny and you know so i mean like this is zombies done right and that's awesome you know it's by kirkman and phillips it's a it's different it's a different style of art than what phillips is doing in criminal um, i thought the art this time around is better than, than the special too yeah. yeah, no, definitely. So, um, yeah, <laughs> Hawkeye's line is the the kid's like, "Are you gonna try to bite me?" And Hawkeye's like, "No, no, I just I just want someone to talk to." Because his head's been <laughs> stuffed in a crevice for forty years, <laughs> and like apparently a little bit of time away from it, and the zombies back off. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. that was the thing with they lose their hunger. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then at the yeah. end, it takes a twist, and it's like uh, there's gonna be five more issues of that. This is great. Yeah. Brilliant. So excellent. Uh, so is um is is Black Panther married to Aunt May? I don't know who I that can't was. Tell who that I is. forgot who the woman was. I couldn't remember who it was. I think it's Aunt May. Uh, contact uh, on dot She'd be dead. <laughs> contact on iFanboy. Look at her chin. I think she's a scroll. <laughs> <laughs> somebody send in who the old lady is. <laughs> Yay for zombies! Well, there, All was right. a, well, there was a woman who survived. Who was that? Was was it Wasp? 
Uh, the books are no, Wasp is the, uh, the zombie. I th- is it Amelia Voigt? Is that who it is from the X-Men? I don't know. Whatever. Josh, you wanted to talk about Powers. I did. I just, I, 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 I don't know if there's a, te- a lot Powers to number 26. Um, last time was the pick of the week, I believe. That was the, yep. yeah. And, and <clears throat> it's funny because I had said that one was a good jumping on point. Um, and if you didn't do that then, this one also is a good jumping on point, I think. <laughs> you know what's Are you so great? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. You, there you know, we go. You know what would be brilliant is if, that, if they made every issue a good jumping on point. Well, the, you know, the thing about Bendis is they say he does these long decompressed storylines. You know, yeah. I, I just – this new format that he's using – It's awesome. Is yeah. awesome, and There's I was so just much like, story packed in there. You, I feel like I was reading it for ages, but I wasn't ever bored with it. But the pages yeah. were big and spread out, and it didn't feel like they were rushing anything. So we got to do those mood sort of things, and you know, the panels were big when they needed to be, and small when they needed to be. And I just, I don't know. I just the, this feels to me like like the apex of the kind of work that they can do. If there's anybody to give extra pages to and to have them not squander them and actually make that a plus, Bendis, he really knows how to use a page. Yeah, he's he puts sixty panels on a page, or he puts two panels on a page, or he makes a splash page, or a double page. I mean, he he uses every trick in the book and uses them really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and like this new character, like there's just like there's layers under layers where where you know Walker got a new partner, but then there's something else to that where she's you know sort of on to him or not. But but then like the idea is, does he have powers or not? And this woman who is investigating Dina was trying to figure out, you know, was staying on him, and it's just, it's just a good, like, it's a good cop yarn. I'm reading it, and I'm just interested. I want to know what happens next. And apparently, uh, we will find out before 2008 now. Like, apparently, they're back on schedule now, so this will come Excellent. out, if, if not monthly. But, yeah, well, they were, supposed to be, they were supposed to be on schedule with 25, and this this was a little, I think this was, like, a week or two late, but that's okay. I mean, but apparently 27 is done, and yeah, so we're good. So, I'm, was, I'm, just... I'm not complaining. Yeah. yeah, I mean, did you guys dig this too? I was like, oh yeah, I loved this. This was oh really- yeah, it was great. I mean, it was funny was that this wasn't. I mean, we weren't originally going to talk about it, and then Josh said you want to talk about it. And the reason why I didn't like, I didn't want to talk about it because I felt that it, it was. I didn't have a lot new to say from twenty five. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was everything I could say about twenty five. It just, it just continued that consistency, which is just awesome. Almost um, more so. so. This is almost better than twenty five <laughs> in a, in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, the first yeah. time that was their first sort of time adding more pages and doing more stuff and maybe they sort of figured out you know just fit a little better in this one or whatever but this beautiful book yeah. i mean yeah. why, why like if you're not buying this book then what's the point right yeah give it I'm up agreed. of this comic book reading <laughs> not a life it's <laughs> all it's all i had to say <laughs> all right well if you, if you aren't reading powers and you need to buy it then you can go to jim hanley's universe in new york city um because they're one of uh, the country's best and most progressive comic book stores uh jim hanley jim hanley's universe offers the best selection of comic titles and related merchandise um they've got manga minis superhero comics independent comics whatever you want um so next time you come to new york city come to the place where art and literature meet jim hanley's universe um you can find them in manhattan on 33rd street across the street from the empire state building or you can find them at 325 New Dorp Lane on Staten Island. Um, when you go into the store and buy something, tell them my fanboy sent you. And you can also go um, find them online at jhuniverse.com or you can go there at MySpace page at myspace.com forward slash Jim Hanley's Universe and befriend them. Um, and tell them that you befriended them because I fanboy told you to befriend them. And um, if you want to order something, they, they'll order it for you. And they're really friendly. They're so. awesome. Thanks so much for helping us out, Jim Hanley's Universe. Hey. All right, so this next segment, we, we've, we've had, we had a bunch of books we're going to talk about. We couldn't fit them all in, so we're going to do a little game here. Um, <laughs> everybody gets 10 seconds to talk about a book. At the end of 10 seconds, you hear the sound. That means you're done. Then we're having no comments on these books. No, just 10-second monologues. What if I have a joke? You're out of luck. Ron? No, it's, it's, it's just one person talking for 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. okay. You ready, right. Ron? Yep. And go. Ultimate X-Men number 87, um, we, we, it was, Ultimate X-Men was good, and then it got bad, and it's kind of getting good again. Um, this was just an enjoyable read, the Bishop storyline is starting. <laughs> Fables 66, um, my last, the last one was a pick of the week for me, and that was like a totally weird spin-off issue. This one's back to the main story, and just like every issue of the story so far, this has been the best one yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Sword number one, uh, published by Image Comics. It's the Luda Brothers' new series. The guys who did Girls and Ultra. Um, beautiful, beautiful art. Uh, first issue, kind of like what we were talking about. With Suburban Glamour. Uh, 
New Gods, number one. Uh, it was this is from Jim Starlin, the famous cosmic writer. So he's he's in his his wheelhouse, and the big bar that got killed. Ah, oh, the boys, number eleven. This might be the best issue of this book yet. I just read through Preacher, as many know, and this is starting to feel like a book that Garth Ennis should be doing. It's taken. Oh. All right, Corey Doctorow's Futuristic Tales from IDW, issue number one, cover by Sam Keith, uh, adaptation of a Corey Doctorow sci-fi story about a girl in an MMO like World of Warcraft fighting uh, gold farmers. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna, I might buy that now. All right, Ron, last one. Uh, Wolverine <laughs> Origins number. <laughs> Neoma. Okay, uh, start the timer now. Wolverine Origins number eighteen. Wow, this still sucks and serves no purpose whatsoever. Wolverine Captain America nineteen forty flashback. Not good. <laughs> I had, Garth Ennis I had and Steve Dillon are up to <laughs> now. <laughs> you used uh, up the extra time in your previous tries. I could yeah. my time to the gentleman from Nebraska. <laughs> I like the 10-second game. Maybe we can make it 20 seconds next time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's that's the books of the week. (laughs) We should do the whole podcast that way. Yeah. (laughs) Save on bandwidth. (laughs) Exactly. This this podcast is two minutes long. All right, cool. So um, now let's go into the email. So I still only have 10 seconds. Is the bell going to come back? No, the bell is retired. Bye-bye, bell. (laughs) Just just have it in case he starts explaining some X-Men thing. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so our first email comes from Jana from Boulder, Colorado. Um, she just got a puppy, and it needed a name. So she asked her friend Dash, which is a great name, to name some good comic book superhero civilian names. After several suggestions, he mentioned Ollie, which stuck. He told me a little bit about the Green Arrow, but admitted he hadn't read much. I've only started reading comics in the last past couple of months. I was wondering if you guys could recommend a good introduction to the Green Arrow. I see the pick of the week is the Green Arrow issue. Is that a good start? Are there any good trades? That was, like a, that was like a Simpsons episode where it starts in one place <laughs> and then ends up with something complete. I thought they were going to ask us for puppy names. I feel like we need. I feel like we need one of those um, voicemails with the history of the character for this. Possibly, but this is like. I feel like we're entering the era of Green Arrow. Yeah, you think Everybody's so? Everybody's talking press- about the book. Everybody likes yeah. the book. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of emails about Green Arrow. This is like. So, if somebody wants to get into Green Arrow, what do you suggest they get? I think this. I think you can start with Green Arrow, Black Canary number one. Yeah. Well, would you recommend? Did you say go get the Kevin Smith quiver? Well, I was working my way towards that. I think I think if you want to start now, you could pick up the um, wedding issue. Yep. And then start with the new series, which which came out last week, and that's that's a good place to start. I think I think the I think that's a good reader friendly book. <laughs> um, you I mean, but but he mentioned that the Kevin Smith when they basically Green Arrow was dead for years and years and years and years and years. Well, that Green Arrow. Uh, and they brought him back, and Kevin Smith was the writer on it. Um, and that was a pretty good little – I think he did like 12 issues. And then after yeah, that, yeah. Brad Meltzer came on and wrote for a good, a good long while. And all that stuff has been traded. And I've heard a lot of people who recently went through and, and read them and really liked them. So I think that's yeah, a good Yeah, and, and Judd Winnick's entire run I had no problems with. He was on it for much – I, I think it's – Yes, think it's, it's, it's it, not current, but it's, it's, it's deep into it. They're, they're still trading them. Okay. I mean, the thing with Judd Winnick is I think he was on that book longer than any of us realized. He was on for like a... Uh, something like that. Like, it was yeah. a lot. It was, Way more than uh, that. The other thing you can do, um, if, you, if you... I wouldn't do this first, but if you like that stuff, you go back and you find the Green Lantern, Green Arrow stories by uh, Denny O'Neill uh, and Neil Adams. Adams. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's classic Green Arrow. That's, def- that's definitive Green Arrow, yeah. Yep. So, yep. The modern Green Arrow. Yeah, so. uh, also, uh, it's gonna. I'm sure it's gonna be out in trade relatively soon. Uh, but Green Arrow Year One by Andy Diggle and Jock, uh, I can't recommend better. More. Yes. Probably find, you can probably still find those issues. So. Yeah, probably. But so uh, Jana, okay. Jana, there's a lot. There's a lot of good Green Arrow out there. He's like he's a good good character. One of my favorites. So. Yeah. All right, our next voicemail come. Uh, next go. voicemail. Uh, our next email. Sorry, our next email. I'm just gonna read it straight out. Um, it's me, Steve Rogers. And I just got to—I just got to look at the new me on the internet, and I have to say I'm not happy. It looks like they redesigned half my costume, colored the rest black, and covered me in saran wrap. And what's with the gun and the knife? What am I, Indiana Jones? Why not give me a bullwhip and a fedora while you're at it? And just for the record, my vote was for Sam Wilson, but it, but it looks like they picked another corn-fed honky to carry the shield. We didn't write this. I hope it's not- I hope it's not Bucky or Hawkeye. Those guys are douches. What do you What do you think? We okay. should We should clarify that this is from an actual person named Steve Rogers, <laughs> who has been posting on iFanboy for years. <laughs> I love Steve. <laughs> um, so I'm not even. Ta- he just called Bucky and Hawkeye douches. 
Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. You. Yeah. He. You. He, well, I think. He, the, I think the second half of that email is a little tongue in cheek, but I mean. Yeah. What do we think of the new look? He's referring to he's referring to the Alex Alex Ross designed Captain America new Captain America costume that's supposed to be coming next year early next January, year January 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 eight. Um, we don't know who's wearing the costume. It's, we know it's not Steve Rogers. We don't know what this what it, you know. I don't know a lot of details around what it is. Um, personally, I didn't like it. Um, I thought it reminded me of when Alex Ross designed Spider Man for the movie. You know, it was um, similar. It was a similar. Yeah, it was similar it, looking design, but then again, if you read the interviews with, with Brubaker and Ross, they did about the Undersrama about the costume. It's basically a collaborative idea of him wearing the old shield on his chest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it, and I think it is, a lot of people didn't like the shininess of it. But if you look, yeah. that's really only in the Alex Ross art. When you see the right. art by Steve Epting, it's the shininess is downplayed quite a bit. Yeah, um, I, mean, I really like. I mean, it. It's not going to be like when Steve Rogers comes back, he's not wearing that. It's like the right. Iron Spider. It's going to be around for a little while. Don't get your panties in yeah. a bunch. Yeah. Meh. So calm down, Steve. But J- Josh, you probably, even though he called Hawkeye and Bucky douches, you'd agree with him that Sam Wilson. I like Sam, but, I mean, clearly. Cap, yeah. I like Sam as Sam. I like Sam as the Falcon. I like what he is. I don't think he needs I don't want Hawkeye as him either, but, I, you know, I mean. The thing is, again, it doesn't matter. Whoever takes over for Captain America, it, it's not going to stay. What know? if they right. do stay forever? Eh, well, they, they'll get, you know. Then they'll, and then one they year after you die, Steve Rogers comes back. Well, they won't know what to do. It'll end up like Kyle Rayner, where they just have this extraneous character that people like, but they don't really know what to do with. And, and he gets a bad costume. Oh, that's yeah. what just happened. And then he wait, joins wait. Omega, Omega Flight. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you're, funny you're referencing U.S. Yeah. When I was a kid, I loved the U.S. agent costume. I thought it was the greatest thing. Because it was different. Just because it was different. I don't because it was black and that was cool. You know, like that's this one. I, I you know, what, I've is, only this is shiny. Shiny's never cool. No, John Walker, okay. U.S. agent. Those were good stories. All right. Um, next email is from Caroline. She says during today's show, that's she's referring to last week about the Black Canary Green Arrow series. Somebody mentioned that stories tend to get boring with long-standing unresolved romantic tension finally gets resolved. I'm writing because people say this all the time, but I really wonder how much of this is true, and if it is, how much is a self-fulfilling prophecy? I think the idea comes most from TV shows like Moonlighting and Cheers, but th- those are shows with a strong romantic comedy element where most of the drama actually comes out of the relationship. A superhero comic is different. There are always plenty of sources for drama. It doesn't have to come out of the relationship. In fact, if you think of a show like Alias, which plot-wise is a lot more like a Marvel comic than it is Moonlighting, you can see some really bad plot elements that were introduced apparently just because the writers wanted to keep the main couple from getting together. On the show, you guys mentioned two of my favorite characters, Cyclops and Jean Grey. It is true that most of what happened between their marriage and Cyclops' death was pretty boring. The death is in quotes, because that was the last time we saw him. But you have to look at that in context of mid-late 90s X-Men, which wasn't really a, exactly a hotbed of brilliant idea character development. It seems more likely that the characters got married because the writers had run out of things for them to do. Where's the Jean bell? Got, Jean got interesting again when Morrison was writing the book, not because she and Psych were splitting up, but because she got to be involved in storylines that weren't just about her love life. What? Mar- what? What? Marvel. Right, carry on. Carry on. Marvel did eventually go with the psychic adultery plot, but it could. Have, yeah. It could have been just as, dare I say, more interesting if the conflict had come out of a different, out of different philosophies of running the X Men. This is perfectly good basis for arguments between Xavier and Magneto or Captain America and Iron Man, but it's assumed that a married couple can't have interesting conflict about anything except their marriage, which is pretty silly if you think about it. So uh, she wants to know she's making a big deal out of this. She doesn't, she doesn't read Black Canary or Green Arrow, so she can't. No, I don't even read Black Canary or Green Arrow. <laughs> uh, however, she thinks it's dangerous to think that you can only tell interesting stories about intact, intact couples because it leads to, say, Joe Quesada's obsession with breaking up Spider-Man's marriage or all of Matt Murdock's girlfriends getting stabbed. If you want a good counterexample, look at Astonishing X-Men where both Emma, Cyclops, and Kitty Colossus' relationships are getting stronger over the course of the series. Oh, yeah, Emma and Cyclops and Astonishing. That seems like a great relationship. Well, what I would say to those two is that neither one of those couples are married, and that's uh, that's the difference. Yep. Well, well, here, well, let me chime in because I'm the one who brought up Cyclops and and Gene and and and, and Caroline for you know, you know, just to get you know full disclosure, Cyclops is my favorite X Men, and very close behind it, Gene is right there as well. Um, I loved the Dark Phoenix saga because they were they were just you know their psychic rapport and all that kind of stuff. I loved when Gene came back and they were an X Factor and like and all the stuff. The moment they got married and from all those years on, it was boring. And you're right, it could have been because of character development. But to say that Gene finally got interesting when Morrison came on, Morrison came on with the with the sole intent to break him, her, and Cyclops up and then kill her. That was his mo from the get go. And there was not, and, and there was nothing really 
you know, interesting about it, you know? So, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm all bent out of shape about this now. Well, you know, I, I, I'm a strong, I'm a strong fan of the, of the romantic kind of the romantic, you know, putting two characters together and doing the dance and watching the story of them getting together. And we saw it on Moonlighting. We saw it on Cheers. We saw it on Dawson's Creek. We saw it on how many of these shows on Grey's Anatomy and all these kind of things that happen that, unfortunately, when it comes to when you're telling those kind of stories – that it's it kills it. I wish it didn't. I wish somebody could figure it out. You're right. You can tell other types of stories that married people. You know, don't just have boring, boring conversations. I mean, look at. I mean, you know, Mad About You was a great show that uh, went around their marriage. You know, but the thing was that you didn't watch them get together. You see, that's the thing. It's either one together. or the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's, it's tough. like it's like the things that you would argue about in a marriage. It's it doesn't it doesn't fit in the superhero idiom all that well. Well, her point is that you could have two married characters and just not focus on their marriage. They could just be married. It's yeah. true, but it, you know, but at the and there are ways to do it. But uh, can you think? Uh, can we think of any interesting married couples in superhero dumb that can you know that can carry? The only, the only, the only perennial married couple which we talked about with McCann was was is Reed and Sue, but they are not interesting. No, or, or, well, it kind or, of is, but like the thing that's interesting about it has to do with the fact that he's a shitty husband, yeah. and she's in love with Seaman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, like that's the thing is that once you make them married, the interesting thing about them, the the most interesting thing you can do with them is show their bad side. And the, your wife's not in the room, is she, Josh? If you make them, if you make infidelity be the the thing, then you know, like none of them get away unscathed, which is interesting. But at the same time, these are commercial you can't have properties. like Spider Man be you know exactly. You can't have Sue cheat on Reed. Because it's a property that they sell toys to kids about, and that's why. That's the problem. They can do it with lesser characters, but, you know, you know, look at Superman and Lois. <laughs> Boring. You know, like, you can't, you know, the, uh, what's it in the, in the JSA? There's a, the married couple. Uh, oh, but they're, they're cool. Power Man uh, and Liberty Bell. Man and it Jeff is. It's kind of fun, like but yeah. they're side characters. There's also, they're yeah, also newlyweds. They're also still at the exciting yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But the, the point is, anytime you cut off any kind of avenue for interesting storytelling, it's, it's detrimental to the character. And that's... Yeah. And and the fact is, these may be superhero comics that are built around action, but they're also heavily doused in romance. You they can, always have been. You can, the thing is, in in B characters and lesser characters, you can get away with putting them in a marriage and having them make mistakes. But with their A name property characters, they kind of can't because right. they have yeah. to protect that. There's you know there's that corporate you know protection of the property, I guess. And again, and the, dif- the difference between Astonishing and, and, and what we're talking about is that there's char- those couples in Astonishing are all dating, and that's fine. You can have dating couples and have them be exciting because the consequences are not there. If they break up, they break up. You don't look right, and, down and, upon a couple that breaks up. Yeah. Some people, some people would look down upon a, a divorced couple. And even well, and even when people are dating, there's still you know there's mis- miscommunication and all that the wacky hijinks and all that kind of stuff that can happen. You said this, but what did you mean and all that kind of stuff? Where when, like you said when they're married, there's that commitment and those stakes are higher. I am interested to see what happens with Black Canary, Green Arrow because I know because uh, I don't know where they're going to take with the story. I assume they're not going to kill Ali, and I assume they're going to continue on in the book together because I know in uh, um, hearing Judd talk about it, he's been saying you know. They've been dancing around each other for 40 years. Let's let them get together. Let's let them be happy. And so, like, I almost wonder if, like, when they get beyond this story arc, Green Arrow is okay, and they think, are they they're going to keep them married and they're going to be together? And we'll see if we get this. I think if anybody could, it could be them, simply because they sort of crackle around each other. The the kind of couple that's always they always are fighting, but it's not about them breaking up. It's about them fighting and then having horror. You know, I got I got a good example of a makeup sex. No, yeah, (laughs) I got an example of a character that kind of got ruined by this. They Hank, Go ahead. Hank Pym. Yeah. I mean, like, he's kind of damaged now. And, and like, yeah. that's fine, but now, like, he's got, like, the character has a pall over him. Everybody's like, oh, that's the wife-beater asshole. Is there anybody yeah. that doesn't look upon him like that? Exactly. I mean, they made a choice to make him a bad husband and a bad person for whatever reason, and now forever will he be known as that. And he wasn't that yeah, originally. Yeah, 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 he was a great, he's a great character. And the thing is, I still even think that because the thing is that the wife beater aspect was part of his, you know, schizophrenia and multiple personality type thing. And what's funny is that people just look, they see right past that. Yeah, you know, because at the end of the day, he still, he still yeah, uses it's actually life. kind of tragic. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, yeah, so. I mean, so. that's a fantastic character. I mean, it was like a little more human than Reed Richards, and it was a different kind of thing. But they yeah. pushed, they pushed that envelope too far, and now they have a damaged character, and he can only be used in the damaged character. Yeah. Sort of way, and so good. Oh, good wow, good, good letter. Yeah, very, very good. Thanks, Caroline. So, 
If you've got anything you want to say on this topic or other topics, contact at ifanboy.com. She didn't convince us at all. No. We just were like, no. No. I I don't even read that book. I don't know what I'm talking (laughs) about. (laughs) Netflix has over 75,000 titles. They've got no late fees, free shipping both ways, and fast, fast, fast delivery. You can go online, make your list. They send send your movie, you watch it. As long as you want, you send it back. They got plans starting as low as four ninety nine a month, and if you go to www.netflix.com/ifanboy, you get a two week free trial. That's at Netflix. They got they got the cool. HD and the Blu Ray too. Yes, if you're into that. Yeah, yeah. and you can download the movies as well. That's true. Well, you so. can stream them. Yeah, stream. You can watch them on the computer. Yeah. I've done so. that yet. All right, cool. So on to the voicemail. Um, Six Gun from the forums checks in with a question about the icon line of comics. Hey, it's uh, Will Esslinger from Tennessee, or Six Gun. Um, and I was just wondering, uh, on the most recent edition of the Bendis tapes, um, Bendis talked about uh, an icon book he was going to be doing with Alex Maleev next year, possibly. And it was a crime story. And um, now, as excited as I am for like new work from them, um, I'm just thinking maybe we have a little bit too much too many crime books, and uh, I was wondering what other genre you guys thought would be, you know, a good one to explore in the icon line, and also, like, along the same lines, like, what creators at Marvel would you like to see get their own icon book? Uh, anyway, thanks. Have a good week. I would like to see them do furry porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's an untapped market. Um, it's, always, it's always funny. Um, I, I would agree that it's like, I, hey, I love crime stories, and I'll, I'll be eagerly buying this, but it's just like, an, another one? You know, but, yeah, I, this, what is it, like three but, crime books? Yeah, but that's but, it. I mean, you know what, there's too many yeah, no, of superhero books. No, but no, but here's the here's the thing is that I agree I I, I agree with Six Gun about you know Bendis Malieve doing another crime thing like you know you know I, but I I don't even know what else would would want them to do. I like the problem. Yeah, go ahead. The problem with the icon line is the icon line isn't there to say what is a niche that we need to fill. You know, whatever they want to do. About furry porn, yeah. The icon line is we've got these creators who want to do creator on stuff. Do whatever you want, and they're doing what they want to do. That's the whole point of that line. So hey. it's not for you or I to say the icon line needs a a book with fairies. If you know, there is another. If there is another, if there's another crime book that Bendis wants to do that is out of uh, man, I'm all for that. I would like yeah. to see them do a straight up like relationship story though. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. I think Bennett's could write a good relationship, and Malia's art is realistic. I'd like to see him do it. Just like, a, like a married couple? Yeah, perhaps a married couple that argues. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see... I'd like to see... <laughs> I don't know if he's kidding or not. You just no, I want to joke. see a relationship book out of him. I'm not okay. kidding. I don't want to see any more sci-fi or fantasy, but I. what about if you have like Ed Brubaker do like a war a war comic? Yeah, no, I'd, say, I'd read that. Like I would like to see JMS do like a science fiction kind of like kind of like Star Trek, but not like heavy political. I want to see Daniel Wade do the origin of Wolverine. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> next voicemail's got something to say. First of all, Transformers was fun. It was a good movie. It was enjoyable. Yes, it had crashes and all that, and it wasn't all deep and all that stuff, but it was fun. And Angel did not end well. It didn't end at all. They were in a damn alley, just sitting there, waiting to get beat up by a bunch of a whole bunch of other villains. That wasn't an ending. That was a cliffhanger. So I want to see an ending. Okay, the rest of us want to see an ending. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Transformers once. <laughs> who, who was that? <laughs> he was Daryl was on form. I must say. <laughs> It's always funny. That was um, Daryl, who's called into previous shows from New York, um, who just loves to hate us. Not hate us, but disagree with us. He, he was wrong about Angel, by the way. <laughs> he must have hated Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, because basically the same ending. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I wanted to like Transformers. I tried really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good. I, I didn't. Oh, I was what looking forward from, to it. I'm out <laughs> of the Michael Bay business. Ah, <laughs> uh, the next voicemail wants to know about our thoughts. <laughs> the general, <laughs> just in whatever life. Hey, Josh, Ron, 
Connor, this is Carlos Cordova from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And for anybody listening that doesn't know, yes, that is part of the U.S. Um, I was just calling to get your guys' opinion on what you feel about anthologies. I know a lot of people don't much care for them, and usually when people put out, companies put out an anthology, they never sell well. I mean, the flights do real good, but just other ones in general said, I think, I think all the ones, the project ones from, like, Ad House Press and stuff like that, I think they're really great. And just like with general fiction, anthologies opened me up to new writers and stuff like that, and I feel it's the same way with the comic book anthologies. So I'm just wondering if you guys do like them in any way, what's your favorite? And also just your opinion on why you think they don't sell well. I would think people would get more bang for their buck sometimes. So have a great day. Right, that's a great question, but before we do, what's a little defensive about your state there? I, I, I never dismissed New, New Mexico. I like New Mexico. I've had fun time. Yeah. I think boy has no problem with New Mexico. It was really hot the one time I was there last. <laughs> it, was dry it, was, it was like 190. And now just, whoa. Well, we got and we stopped to get like a that hotel room. Yeah, it was a po- an apocalypse. We stopped to get a hotel room because it was just too hot to keep driving, and like just we were hot. like, we were like, let's get a place with a pool. And we we got the hotel room and we cranked the, the pool AC evaporated. Thought, the the pool was out. Like there was no <laughs> there was no relief. So we had like there was only two restaurants in this little town, and one of them was like Chinese food, and we had Chinese food in the middle of the desert in New Mexico. I see hot Chinese food in the hot 190 degree weather. Awesome. Anyway, um, so anthologies. Um, I love anthologies, but they just don't work. Um, <laughs> yeah, story. Story. I mean, for, for for some reason, I mean, I, I mean, I think part of it is that it's not. A lot of times, a lot of the modern anthologies, at least, are with characters you don't really know or recognize. Um, they're with creators you might know or not recognize. You, it, it is a good way to discover new character, new creators, but a lot of people don't like to take that risk, so they can't you know do the sales numbers. I was thinking about this actually when we got it, and like typically anthologies tend to be pretty thick and expensive. Yeah, and right. that could be that could be a a, a thing against it. It's like that shooting said, themselves in the foot. Yeah. That said, I really love Flight. I really love Twenty Four Seven, which comes out from Image Comics, which is all robot-based stories, um, like you know the Society of Robots. But um, most recently, actually this week, um, the Indie Spinner Rack podcast put out an anthology of indie comics, um, which both Josh and I picked up. I haven't had a chance to read it because it's a thick mother, mm-hmm. um, but it looks good. Yeah. You know? It's so. called Awesome. Yeah, it's called Awesome. If you see it, there's a girl chewing on a copy of Amazing Fantasy 15. It's a really nice cover. Um, Josh, you're not really a fan of anthologies. I want to like them, and I, I think that the best the best thing for them is that, like, I picked this book up for a couple of reasons. One, like, it supports their show, and I, I think that's really good. But two, they, you know, they talk on, on that show, they talk about a lot of people. And I don't have the time or, or you know, to go pick up all of the books Resources, that they talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a really good way to see some of the things, and I think if you go through it, you'll you'll find something that you you'll that you'll click with, and then you can follow more of that person's work. But in that way, it's kind of like buying a sampler. And as you said, like they're kind of expensive, so I can go spend twenty five bucks on a sampler, which is going to take a long time to read, and I might like really like a couple of things in it, you know, or I can buy like a long storyline in something. For yeah, me, yeah. right now, uh, you know, I am uh, – we're in a really great time for my media taste because I really like long, drawn-out stories that have character development and, like, like the development of uh, – the proliferate, proliferation of, like, episodic television yeah. and, like, long graphic novel series that, you know, that, you know the, like the Vertigo series that you can read for, like, five years. I love that. And for me, like, anthologies just don't scratch that itch at all. You know, yeah, you're not well, a short story why, guy. Why, well, why don't, why don't they? He's not a short story person. He yeah, I mean right. that's basically it. But, I mean, but what about like what about like some like you know because because the thing what what I find interesting is like something like the Indie Spinner Rack anthology or or something like Flight or Twenty Four Seven are kind of short kind of you know kind of little snack kind of you know couple page stories, um, but they're really not a lot different than kind of like work that like Jeffrey Brown does, and you like that. Well, the thing about the Jeffrey Brown stuff is that even though there are little strips in it, there's a continuing thread that goes through the whole right, thing. I, I mean, you read the whole book, it's one thing. This is, you're doing something, it's like watching two-minute shorts, and then you switch, and it's something completely different. I just yeah. don't, it just doesn't, I, I don't know, that's just not for me, usually. I, I've got through Flight, I've read through it, I, I can recognize the craft. I really like I, I didn't. Story. I didn't like Flight, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I recognize the craft and a lot of stuff, and I was like, this is some beautiful art, but, like, to me, when you're really telling a story that has, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and interesting characters and things like that, that's, for me, what I like about you should, comics. You should, check it, you should check it out. I should lend you 24-7, because um, it's short stories, but the, it's, it's definitely stories. 
you know so i mean like and like there's a beginning middle and end i mean there might be four or five pages but and some were longer um but they it, it was interesting in that way and it's in that I'll tell kind you of what a really good example of that like sort of the only time that it's really worked for me in it but it wasn't was an american born chinese it felt like yep. there was different short stories, but in the end, it turned out to be one, just one story. I loved yeah. that. Um, I yeah. thought that worked great. I mean, I listen. I've I've tried anthologies a lot, and I've yep. you know I've read all the best ones. I just it's just not my not my taste. Okay. But I bought this cool. one, so yeah. All right, cool. So um, all right, cool. So if you have a question about anthologies, oh, also I should not forget, uh, Marvel Comics Present is a is a low, lower cost superhero based anthology yep. that will be coming at the smaller you know kind of thing. So Too bad. Yep. not any good. <laughs> um, um, so if you have any questions about anthologies any other comics related questions you can call us at one eight 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 fanboys that's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. quick announcement next week sees the release of 30 days oh not well next week this week sees the release of 30 days of night next week you can see or listen I'm I'm just done. We can, you can well, tell okay. we're at the end of the show. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> this past Friday, 30 Days a Night opened in movie theaters all around the country. For those who might not know, 30 Days a Night is based off the graphic novel, in case you didn't see the movie poster and, and screamed at you, based on the graphic novel. Um, and it's by Steve Niles and uh, Ben Templesmith, IDW, put it out. Um, as we typically do with our comic-based movie properties, we're going to do a special edition podcast where we talk, we go see the movie and talk about it. So um, if you've downloaded this and you're listening to this, if you look on our feed, if you go into iTunes and look in the feed or go to iFanboy.com, there's a post there or wherever else you might get podcasts. The show directly beneath the show is the Not 30 Days of Night. Week's. Next week's. Oh, is it next week's? This is this week's. This week's show. This yeah, show. The, this very you're show. You're fucking me up now. Jesus Christ. The <laughs> show directly beneath this show is the 30 Days of Night podcast. So um, go listen to it, check it out, and hear what we think about the zombies. Not the zombies, the, the vampires. vampires. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't keep track. So. Do I have to oh, so I still have to go see this, right? Yes. Oh, yes. God. Yep. That's it. We're done. Check out ifanboy.com for Pick of the Week review. You can go read my review on Captain America. You can go check out all the discussion and the blogs and the you know all the various goings on there. You can uh, go to ifanboy.com. There's also the forums on revision3.com. Go to revision3.com slash ifanboy. Go to the area for the discussion forums, and there's lots of activity there. There is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we suck. <laughs> there it is, 103 episodes all done uh, every Saturday you could uh, watch the video show because it comes out, which will have been if you're listening to this one, it just came out yesterday um, this week uh, it was Hellboy Hellboy. what did you think? No, we, um, right. uh, okay. we do a, a video show that's completely different uh, than this show where we talk about some sort of topic or we go to something and we do things uh if you if you don't if you don't watch that you should check it out cuz it's also good um and then next week um Ron and Connor try to convince myself and vice versa to read some stuff that they don't want to yeah. read yeah we got a big old bag of books of books that we all previously dismissed or don't like for whatever reason and we're going to give, give them a shot so. we're confronting our preconceptions it's like yes. an intervention there it's it is. turning into com- it's turning into comics therapy. It's it's crazy. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you could get a T-shirt if you wanted, because that's cool for us to see people wearing T-shirts that's got our show on it. That's really cool. You go to uh, jinx.com/ifanboy. If you send in a picture of yourself wearing the shirt, and I got to tell you, you've all been a little lax about that. Uh, you're gonna yeah. get free stickers, and and we'll like you more than people who don't do that. And if you haven't bought a shirt yet, get them while they while you still can. They're selling like hotcakes, so make sure if you've been meaning to get one, get one um, before they sell out. So yes, you can email us at contact@fanboy.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. Questions, comments, uh, discussion topics, concerns. Yes, and um, if you're at work or you're at school and you're bored and you're on the internet or in your dorm room and you don't know what to do, you can do a host of things related to iFanboy. As we mentioned, you can go to iFanboy.com. You can go to Frapper.com forward slash iFanboy and stick your pin in the map and see where other people who listen and enjoy iFanboy live. Um, you can go to MySpace.com forward slash iFanboy or ComicSpace.com forward slash iFanboy and be our friend. Um, you can go to Verb.com slash iFanboy and join the group there, or you can join the group on Facebook and just search for iFanboy on Facebook and you can join the big bolster and group of uh, Facebook friends there. Um, and you can also go to twitter.com forward slash ifanboy and hear our uh, short form blogging comic musings. And, um, and we're all individually available through most of those as well. 
Yeah. So, but uh, you good luck finding us. <laughs> yeah. uh, we should have like an iFanboy Flash game that they can play with, like where you crush bad comics. I don't have much time to do that. No, I don't know how to do it at all. I yeah. <laughs> if someone wants to do that, you're go. You, that would you, that would be cool. We release the right store likeness to do that. So there you go. <laughs> ah, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> if you like the show, you can vote podcastalley.com or write us a review on iTunes either for this show or for the video show. We like that. It's cool. Good, nice to get feedback. Or you can, better yet, even better, you can tell your friends, your comic book store people, your your family, your mom, your boyfriend or girlfriend, your uh, clergyman. You could, you, could, <laughs> you could put it, if you're on other message boards, you could put in your signature. You could do stuff yeah. like that. Uh, dig.com, the podcasting section, you can dig the show there and the individual episodes. Yeah. We, we, we really appreciate people if they did stuff like that. Yes. That's yeah. how you can thank us. And um, if you want to thank us in a more direct way, you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash donations, and you could uh, donate via PayPal, any amount you like. Um, we appreciate it. It keeps us going, so we thank you for that. What happened with uh, the seven cents? I don't want to talk about the seven cents. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because seven, seven cents ended up costing us money. So um, <laughs> Apparently, the, seven, the, uh, the fee on seven cents was, did not cover these seven cents. Yeah, oh. so, good, so good job there, Josh. Well, it's not like it's not like that many people bothered. I just well, want to make people feel bad. The sound, of the, the sound of the bell means the show's over. So. <laughs> this was the worst episode. What you saying? me. The only gun I need is the ace of spades. The ace of spades. I'm not. I didn't want to mention it, but it's really damn hot. I know we put a moratorium on that, but the the the, the sun came back. Yeah, it's freakish hot in October.